Hey, we're Ramones of the Day, and this one's called Death of Me. Welcome to Ramones of the Day, the podcast examining every single Ramones song alphabetically from 53rd to the word zero. I am Philip. And I'm Molly. And with us still is, still like it's negative, still with us. Thankfully. Four in a row. <laughs> crashing on the couch. Crashing on the, <laughs> crashing on the couch here at the podcast. Uh, John Ross Bowie, thank you for coming and staying on the couch. Total, total yes, delight. Thank you for coming and nerding out with us. Yeah. It is really, really fun. This we're going to blast, yeah. We're yeah. going to set up a Google calendar yeah. for every month. No. Um, <laughs> off mic. Uh, today we are discussing the song Death of Me. This is from 1987's Halfway to Sanity. This is written by Joey. Uh, and I gave it the song category of love. Yeah. I, uh, uh, with a strong, not like the Ramones don't, all, like all their songs, their love songs are heartbreak, but it feels like this is especially like, this is literal heartbreak, like his heart will die. It will be the death of him. It will be the death of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have yeah. I have one fact, which is that it was never played live. Which I still, again, I still find a little surprising, I just because that, I find that surprising. Yeah. It might be that, like we say, that math problem of we got to fit in twenty other hits, and this just ain't one of those hits. But it still feels like, I mean, I figured out how to play this song in five well, minutes okay, on Okay, this album comes out. What what songs are they playing off of this album when they go on tour? Uh, I Want to Live. I Want to Live, Garden of Serenity, yeah. and that's it. When I saw them on this tour. Oh, I don't, okay, I don't think they did. on this tour. Right, yeah, right. I, I saw uh, I Want to Live, Garden of Serenity, maybe. Maybe Bop to You Drop. They didn't go go Little Camaro Go, which is, I mean, yeah, I guess you need the I Debbie like... Harry backup vocals, but I think it was it might even been the single off this record, wasn't it? It, it was uh, Real Cool Time. Real cool time. Okay, that's great. Um, but um, that's good. But they didn't do it. I, didn't, I don't remember them yeah, doing yeah. real cool time. So who did they play with when you saw them on tour doing this? Oh song? yeah, you remember that? Uh, who the opening bands were? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, ooh, let's see. I'm so uh, glad I, they weren't the opening band. Yeah. They, For just uh, a second there, I'm like, yeah. oh no. Aww. No, 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 no. They they were headlining at at the Ritz or Webster Hall in New York. Um, it was still called the Ritz on 11th Street. So, how many people are at the show when you go see the show? Is, is oh, that a I'm big terrible place with that. Or? It's not a. It's a. It's a big club. Uh, okay, not a, so, but it's not a small theater. Got you know it. Got I mean? it. So it's sure. a couple thousand people probably are hanging out. Not right? quite. Okay. I'd okay. say maybe tops 1,500. Okay. Cool. Um, again, I'm terrible about that for some reason. That's just a disconnect. I, I look around a room and like, so what is this? Like a 99 seat? You're like, no, yeah. there's 250 <laughs> people here, John. You're an idiot. <laughs> it's something I, I cannot gauge. I'm the worst person to ask. But um, <laughs> I saw them three times. In that window around uh, Animal Boy and Halfway to Sanity. The um, Richie period. The Richie period I saw, but I saw Marky play with them at one point in a... Um, Afterwards, uh, he came back? After he came back. Okay. Yeah. Because this is the last album that Richie plays on. Yeah. Right. So I think I probably saw them twice after this record came out. Um, and it's followed by Brain Drain. I did not see them on Brain Drain. There so it is. I would have seen there them right is. before Brain, Brain Drain. Okay. So in that window, I'm, I don't remember show to show but I saw Manitoba's Wild Kingdom open for them that's Dick Manitoba from the Dictators okay his yeah sort Dictators of his, his post group which they um, did a lot of stuff in the Dictators didn't you know, they were, yeah. oh, they were they were peers in, yeah, the, yeah. in the 70s and there's some really fun Dictators records and Dictators put out something on Sire as well they were also signed oh. by Seymour Stein there you go um, and uh, you know fun fun band not not as charismatic as Ramones not as hard on your sleeve yeah yeah um, but, um, but fun and Manitoba's Wild Kingdom was sort of a super group of him and a couple other like scenes from that era. I saw the Dickies open for them. Cool. Dickies are one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, totally. Um, kings of, of L.A. pop punk. Um, uh, you can say they were underrated, but 
some of their songs are so goddamn tasteless they're lucky they got rated at all <laughs> um, you know you do a song called she's a hunchback that's not gonna be a hit yeah <laughs> that's not, not, that's gonna go just as far as it's gonna go not, that's not even meeting halfway yeah that's, yeah that's you you produced sounds yeah. yeah you're not you're not you're not necessarily angling for uh for a top 40 hit but they were delightful i just saw the, uh, the dickies a couple years ago they're still really fun oh, um they um who else would i've seen open for the ramones did i see the dickies manitoba's wild kingdom you can go to setlist.fm Murphy's Law, wow. Maybe Murphy's Law were on one of those bills. So they were punk shows. They were punk shows. They were absolutely punk shows, yes. They were definitely punk shows. um, Which makes a lot of sense, especially because, I mean, these guys, they're trying to reestablish themselves. 80s in New York, Mm -hmm. you can still smoke inside. The air stinks of Aquanet and clove cigarettes. Awesome. Um, (laughs) If I smell clove cigarettes now... You know how like uh, olfactory memories just yeah. Oh, yeah. jar you like nothing else. Yeah. I'm I'm at, I'm trying to like stand, get my view around somebody who's inevitably taller than me at a Ramon show. Yeah, yeah. That's me towards the back. That's but great. I remember seeing them around this era, and um, there was an older guy next to me, and I say older, I have no idea how old he was, but he was bald. Okay. Sure. He had lost his hair, this gentleman, and I'm 16 or mm-hmm. 17. And he's next to me, and he's having the time of his fucking life in the show. <laughs> he is just out of his mind, singing along to everything. Yeah. Um, he's got a Ramon shirt on. He's hopping up and down. And my friends are all making fun of him. I'm like, oh, well, check out Grandpa Father Time over here. And I'm looking at him and like, oh, well, that's my that's my future. <laughs> but then I somehow managed, by the grace of God, to hold on to my hair. But um, but beyond that, like I. You know, I, I will still right. go to, to shows and I will still bounce up and down a little bit. And I, I, I think back on that guy and I feel good that I didn't judge him because yeah, I have right? become him. Sure. <laughs> and that's, totally. that's, a, that's I, a nice feeling. I want to be rocking out to the Ramones when I'm 150 years old. Yeah. I have a weird transition because you mentioned Ramones shirts. Yes. So with the play, with Four Chords and a Gun, you were in a position of promotion. Um, you came on the show. And thank you very much. Do you do the same thing that I do, which is when you see somebody walking down the street wearing a Ramon shirt, you have an inkling to be like, hey, if you like them, <laughs> do this. But on top of that, do you stop yourself on the off chance, probably a good chance that their uncle just gave them that shirt and they don't know anything? You know, the Ramon shirt is a very complicated bit of iconography. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different ones, yes. There's different ones. I mean, I'm, ta- were... I'm talking classic, like yeah. the, the classic. presidential yeah. seal. Yeah, well, no, the one I have, I, I didn't buy at a show. I bought at a, a store on 8th Street called Poster Mat. That, um, uh, so it's not a Ramones concert tee, but I bought it in right. 1984. I still own it. That's, it is a that's pretty 32-year-old shirt. That's, that's what I right. classify as a badass. <laughs> um, and it's, um, I, I hardly ever wear it because it's, it's like cheesecloth. It's oh, so fragile. Yeah. I got to frame it probably. Yeah, you should frame it. Um, but it's it's still, you know, it's I still have it and it looks great. Yeah. Um, uh, it's an extra large that fits me like a small now. It just rides up in my pits. What names are on it? Uh, Tommy. It's the Tommy, Tommy Seal. Tommy Even though okay. he's out of the band by the time I bought the shirt, it yeah, was a store shirt. Yeah. It was not a okay. concert shirt. Right, if you right. bought a concert shirt, you got the current drummer. Right. Um, so, um, technically, here's the thing. There was a period there around the turn of the century where... Um, not the end. Uh, no, around the actual <laughs> millennium where you could buy a Ramon shirt at 
Urban Outfitters and like you'd see clips of like Mila Kunis and Jennifer Garner right. wearing them, you know, going around shopping and being captured by Us Magazine. And I'm mm. like, name four Ramones songs and I will let you wear that shirt. <laughs> name four Ramones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I got very, <laughs> I, like a lot of us, got very protective and very proprietary about uh-huh. the use of the Ramones shirt. It is circled back now where if you see a guy in a Ramones shirt, chances are they mean it. Okay. If they're not like a kid whose dad put them in it like I did when I had children. Also, um, <laughs> you make it. You know what I mean? And like where where attention goes, energy flows. I'm just going to hip it, hippie well it out here for you. But, um, <laughs> Which like, reminds me, we've got to pick this up because I have a three o'clock yoga class. Totally. But, yeah, okay. Totally. Um, no, but I, I don't mind it that people who aren't into it are putting it out there because this band deserves to get all not, the face I'm not saying, get. I'm not That's saying fair. And I don't begrudge anybody that came up that came onto the Ramones through a Greatest Hits album. No, I don't, I don't begrudge, begrudge that either. No, sincerity that is sincerity. No, no. Yeah. That's fine. And you know, if you're just rocking it because you think it's cool, well, guess what? It is cool. It is cool. <laughs> I, am not, I am not. I am not saying that. My point is, is I always have this inclination to be like, hey, if you like that, there's this. Totally. But then the part, part, two parts of me stops me. One is that, that off chance of like the who, the what. And the other thing is that... Well, the Ramones, they're a clothing line. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is that if it's like a girl and I'm going to run up to her like, hey, if you like that, I make this thing in my kitchen. You know? Like, I'm not going to do it. Would you call this the kitchen? This is kind of a dinette, <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah. Oh, well, then it's not creepy at all. Uh, just to say I've been that. following you around this mall and I thought you might <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. Totally. Yeah. Well, what's like one of your favorite things that you learned about the Ramones while doing research on the Ramones? Oh yeah. You know, oh, where there... to start? Oh yeah, my god. Well, like, you started. Start. You 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 started obviously with not a clean slate. You know, yeah, you, you were already deep into fan. it. I came out of it as, as a fan who already knew a fair amount, which is why I was drawn to this particular story. Of the things that I, um, uh, a random trivia fact that pops mm-hmm. into my head that I think is really interesting is that there's guys who played with. George Harrison, who are on the record, who play drums on End of the Century because sure. he brought in session guys. And the idea that there are Beatles-adjacent musicians playing on this Ramones record yeah. is pretty mind-blowing. It's great. So that's like a throwaway thing that I did not know until I started to go deep on the research. Yeah. Sure. Um, um, and the other thing that I, I loved is that um, uh, Phil kept a cooler full of Manischewitz next to him at all times during <laughs> the sessions and would just, just drink and could put it away. Like, was... <laughs> Was dangerous and volatile, but was not a sloppy drunk. <laughs> uh, and that's fascinating to me, too. Um, it was not uh, because of the drinking. No, necessarily. no. Yeah, if anything, that just kept him that, that kept him from killing anybody until 2004. <laughs> yeah. It slowed his role enough that he wasn't actually convicted of murder until the next century. Yeah. But the... Um, so oh, those are like two little things that I, that I did not learn about until Neat. I went deep on the research that are both, I think, funny and interesting. That's a good... Yeah. So I hope that's a decent answer. No, yeah, that is a perfect answer. answer. There's no um, one. I find it very telling that we're talking about death of me technically, and we have said barely so said anything about, about it. Yeah, and I, I don't even that, have that. I think bad. It's an okay song. It's a fine song. That's the thing. It opens the side, which is a bold choice. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. as as far as like Ramon songs go, I'm like, yeah, it's holding it down. Mm-hmm. There's you a know? cadence they use on this. Uh, I just want to have something to do, which is the uh, I'm gonna do it on the. Is, if I beat it out of the table, go for it. It'll pick it up. It'll be like. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and they use that um, to great effect on this. On I just want to have something to do, and I'm there's another one that uses that kind of guitar cadence that is really kind of fun. Yeah, it, it plods a little bit, um, but I, th- I feel like most of this album kind of plods. Really, I, I, 
I don't know. I, I, like I don't dislike this album, but yeah. like every time I think of it, I always have to remind myself what it's called. Like I, I, I keep forgetting. Album. I don't know what it is. It's something about this. It Are you is about a, the song or the album? Well, a little bit about the song, yeah. but also the album as in general. Oh. As, it's sort of a, yeah, it's... Oh, this weird. this album. I, yeah. I went looking for it and I couldn't find it. Somewhere in my garage is a is a newspaper clipping of me reviewing this record for my high school newspaper. Oh, you gotta <laughs> send it. I gotta oh, find that fucking thing. I don't remember it. Um, I don't remember exactly what I said. I remember loving the record, putting that in print, and I do remember that, like, if, if, let's see, if it comes out September 87, that means I am freshly 16. April. April 87. Oh, no, sorry, September 87. Yeah, yeah. Recorded in April, released in September. Okay. So I'm, I, I've, I've, um, I'm 16. I've, uh, I've actually just lost my virginity this summer beforehand. Show off. Man. Yeah. Do, 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 <laughs> even though I like the Ramones. And, um, uh, it's a scoliosis and all. And, um, but the, um, uh, so I write this review, and the only line, it's really embarrassing. It's so fucking precocious and pretentious, but I do remember the line, <laughs> um, gone are the ill-advised keyboards that plagued last year's Animal Boy. Like, oh, all right, John. Boy. Easy, John. No, I love easy, it. John. I love it, too. Easy, kid. <laughs> it's a 16-year-old kid writing that. It's a yep. bit much. Um, yeah, so but, like, I don't remember the rest of the review. Music more than 16-year-olds. Let's That's be a very real. Good point. You know? That's a very good point. That's a very forgiving like, I stance. To music now, but, like, I don't sit in my room with the lights off and listen to music like I used to right. when I was 16. No. Yeah. I sit in my room with the lights off listening to music like I do when I'm 40. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, which has its place too. Yeah. <laughs> now I sit in my car and and, and just and put the speakers all the way up to the front so my kids yeah, won't sure. complain. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I uh, I wish I could find that that review because I wish I'm you sure, could too. Honestly. I'm sure That'd it's a gem. Amazing. But yeah, in for uh, the high school for the humanities humanitarian newspaper, I uh, I uh, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um. So you you guys are largely positive on this song. I'm a like, not a lot. I actually yeah, I like too. it better than I like Daytime Dilemma. Get what? That. Out. There's the fucking door. <laughs> it is not my house to kick you out of, but and yet. I will say also, I think I like it better because I like the lyrics better. Oh, okay. Is yeah. that crazy? No, no, no. I get it. You because didn't. You didn't like know. the story Again, part of that. Yeah, so. I just felt like the story. I mean, not to keep always talking about the other songs we already talked about, but <laughs> that sometimes they take it too crazy for me, and it's like sure. you're trying to shock me, but it's just too well, stupid. I get that, and I I do kind of like this song i feel like this is the type of thing where if it were on a better album it's like surrounding parts would have like what is it the high tide raises all ships oh, yeah uh, you know like right yeah. yeah so like it it's like oh this is one of the better ones on here but this isn't like i'm not putting this on a mixtape i'm not well, playing it for molly's mom I guess, well i'm not playing for molly's Maybe. mom either but <laughs> I would have to say that listening to it a couple times in a row, I started to like it more and more and more. You I did. I, mean? I liked it more than I thought I did yeah. going in. Yeah. But, like, but and I actually might put this on a mixtape. <laughs> really? Maybe. A, a fight mixtape? <laughs> it's funny. Off this record, I I would put. Um, uh, could you go back to the track yeah, listing? Totally. I, I would put. Uh, I want to live on. Yeah, go for the. Go um, you drop. I mean, that's one of my favorites. Bob, you drops really fun. You know, I know better now. The Richie song that closes side one. Uh, I think I know better now. I, yeah, there's a. It's got that really fun that. That yeah. beat that I really like a lot. It's mm. a uh, uh, Dead Kennedys use it in California Uber Alice, mm. uh, and it's just a real driving beat. Knowledge. Um, it's um, 
Were you a were you a guitar player or a drummer yeah, in the bass. band? Bass. bass. Okay. Bass is the, the right. quickest way into a band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has a bass. He can kind of play it. Come on in. Yeah. It's foolproof. If, if my son takes no other advice from me. <laughs> I uh, I feel like in baseball terms, it's right field. Exactly. I, I played a lot of right field. He's on the team and he won't fuck anything up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's fine out there. He's fine out there. It's, uh, it's so the right field of music. That's amazing. <laughs> God, that's brutal. I yeah. like, uh, I, I also like this song. I'm giving it the like. Okay. Um, I like the little the little nuance of like special Ramon's juice is when he's, I wrote down, it was like, why baby, wow, wow, wow. It kind of sounds like a baby crying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how consciously, oh, yeah. I don't know how consciously they do anything, but I feel like, I just I, big I leaned onto that. That's the big question. How consciously do they do anything? How consciously are they writing something as fucking brilliant as now I want to sniff some glue? Yeah. You know, which we were talking about off mic earlier as right. just yeah. like this incredibly funny song title because it gives that that temporal quality of now I want yeah. to sniff some glue. Yeah. Anyone can write I want to sniff some glue and they did, but now it's about right now, <laughs> right now and again, it's this about, is on my action items. It's about the storytelling. It's about that good storytelling. Yeah. I, yeah. You know? I think it's when they just get out of their own way and and it delivers. But totally. little things like that, I feel like that's the nugget of that that goodness. I just like it would just pick me up for a minute and be like, oh. Yeah. Not too clever, but also just clever enough. To, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, anybody got a most valuable Ramon for this? I mean, I, I'm going to say Joey. Um, I do feel like this is an album's their 10th album, so he's getting a little bit older, and his voice is, you can hear that his voice is maturing, mm-hmm. which I don't think, like, in later years, you can really, like, it really starts to slow down, and it really can, it's almost, um, it's almost too slow, or he's, it's, he's getting so old yeah. that it's like, it almost feels like he's straining, but... I like how he matures into his own voice on this album, and I don't know. That's nice. It is. It, it is. Like it's an older Joey, but it's parts. still it's still there. It still has a lot of life, and yeah. I think it sells the song to me. Okay. Like if this would have been a couple years later, maybe I wouldn't have liked it so much. Sure. But I don't know. I like it. He's like thirty-five when they make this record. Maybe a little less. And he's been screaming for about fourteen years. <laughs> yeah, you know? fourteen and, and, years. And, yeah. yeah. There's. There's. Yeah, there, 35. There's a little wear and tear on the voice that isn't bad. No, it's, it's not. It's taking it down a little bit. But you can, and... Yeah, it's it's a lower register. You can hear he sounds a little bit yeah. more mature, and I don't know. Do you have a most valuable um, I will, um, uh, maybe I'm just throwing the estate a bone. I'm going to say, say Johnny. Okay. I like the guitar work on this. It's simple. It's direct. It's what we like Johnny for. I we also... rarely give it to Johnny, do we? No. Oh, you rarely give it to Johnny. <laughs> I often give it to Johnny, and I'm giving it to him here, too. Got it. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. I'm kind of a sucker for that sound, that just that. Yeah. That little, I don't know. Sure. It always gets me. And the I, really I, kind of muted chords that yeah, he does. Yeah. I, I, I often fall on the musical side as opposed to lyrics. Uh just seven words in this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's that too. But even like like the performance of it, I just yeah. I just find that sort of thing. And so yeah, and something again, the thing that I like most by about Joy it. Ramone. Is that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know what? Are you changing again, Johnny? Oh my god! Wow. Tripling up on Johnny. I know. Can you wow. believe it? Can well, you believe it? Your vote's already been canceled, but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I never said Joey. That's, nice. That's nice. That's nice. I feel. I really. I'm glad that we ended on like giving a little love for Johnny, yeah. who was, you know, for all his personality, um, let's say foibles. Yeah. Who was the engine of the band, the yeah. economic uh, um, uh, driver of so many of the band's decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, kept them in the black for a 22-year career, and, yeah. uh, and uh, earns our respect for that's, that, if nothing else. That's yeah. why. 
that's why we came up with the idea of the most valuable Ramon mm-hmm. for that idea that I I kind of thought that they're one of the most democratically split and I, and I use that term oddly but like if you remove one part oftentimes the whole thing falls yes. it's hard to say like the, like the classic example is like the Beatles where it's like this is a song that like Paul McCartney wrote and he played most of the instruments on and it's like well without the other guys this one's fine but right. it, but this band so much relies on is like the crazy from here the heart from here yeah. the drive from here and the focus and the and just like we're and just is, drumming and getting us and through part this of again. the myth of the band is that these personalities yeah. are so unique to themselves mm-hmm. and they're so different from each other that when they do come together it's it's this melting and it's like sometimes it goes too far Didi and sometimes it goes too far Joey but yeah. Yeah. You know they're they're all there Drum participating. And that's why the band is so good. There's there's somebody for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There really is. And just to get back to one second to go back to Johnny, because um, yeah. Johnny Ramon. I mean, the, the, I think the saddest thing for me is that well, for any of these guys that you know they never quite made it the way they wanted to all this stuff, but they still had the life that they wanted, which was to be in a rock band to tour the world. Sure. And the fact that he didn't enjoy it more, no. I think, is what is so sad to me because. It's like, it seems like he enjoyed it a little bit at the end, like after the band finished, then he moved to LA and he kind of like lived it up for a couple of years, but. And got told that by those, by those people, you know, Rob Zombie and Eddie Vedder and those guys coming and saying like, yeah, yeah, saying like you were. And and here's a quick question, sidebar question. Yeah. Would the Ramones still be the Ramones or could they have had a different projection if those guys would have had just like a sunnier disposition? I'm, I'm going to. Would their music have been as good and, or might they have made it bigger if they like. Would have just enjoyed it, participate, you know, been happier, celebrating each other. I don't know. Would a happier band have written a song based on Todd Browning's Freaks? What does that mean? You get you get Pinhead from a band yeah. that feels really good about themselves. Well, I I one of the things I like to think, and I'm glad you brought this up, and it it plays into your play is what would have happened to the Four band. Four chords and a gun. Yeah. What would have, what would have happened had that album hit? Had that been the one that was like, oh my god. We love Danny says and baby I love you. It's hard to say. It's I, I really mean, what, um, what happens to the world? <laughs> well, again, like if they okay, so they, they do the Phil Spector album, then they kind of decide we want to go back to our punk rock roots. But what if they would have had like that's what I'm saying that Cars guy come in and right. you know I mean they they could have had all these other projections that they just didn't have because like they wanted to, like bring Tommy back and do all this, which is fine. I'm not saying that that was bad, but no, yeah. Well, my thought is that like sort of the cool of being into the Ramones is that they aren't so big. Like the, the, the sort of annoying part of the Beatles legacy is hearing Beatles fans tell you about how amazing the Beatles legacy is. Right. That's, that's the part. It's like the music. And who isn't a Beatles fan? I mean, you it's, know? Yeah. It, of the music. Yeah. Sure. But sure. it's like, God, do I have to hear about it again? Right. <laughs> but then, but there's an underdog quality to these yes. guys yeah, totally. that are like, I don't know if they became that huge, big thing, then you're going to have more probably get more backlash of just totally. people just wanting to be contrarian. And if they had gotten as big as they wanted to, would they have put out as many albums as they did? Oh. Would they have would they have needed to? If they would they like... have written Brain Drain? I mean, they had a lot of gumption for a long time. Sure. Because they had to. Because they, you know, it's like they were like, they were like trying to prove it to themselves. Like, we are, you know. Yeah. Or I don't know. Or just keep it, keep that engine going, like you said. Yeah, I mean, keep that's, the engine going. They made their money from touring. But again, like, what else are these guys going to do? <laughs> 
You know? Seriously, what else are these guys going to do? That yeah. is the question. It's like you look at a guy like uh, Joe Ramon who has to hide behind lawn hair and, and glasses yeah. and um, is you know crippled with OCD. What yeah. office is going to let him yeah. in? I had, yeah. a good, I had a good friend who once said he liked studying bands and he often thought that it was like there was always kind of one guy in the band who could have either been the drummer or worked in a garage. Right. It was like, but yeah. these guys are like, these are four guys that probably would have just robbed the garage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's like, a I lot. Don't know who there's an argument to be made for that, definitely. There's a great quote. I've been trying to figure out a way to figure it into the play, but uh, it hasn't worked yet, um, where Marky was saying about Joey that if you can find out what's wrong with him, they will probably name it after you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that's yeah. that's because it's yeah. not just OCD. There's something else going on here. There's a couple yeah. Joey CD, uh, Joey CD. Damn it, yeah. damn it. <laughs> that's the mic drop line. Get us well, out do, of here. Do, well, <laughs> do you have? I mean, this is this is your closing arguments. Do you have any last sixteen-year-old reviews to unleash on the world, or uh, or anything anything else about what else I would have what else I would have reviewed? Oh, um, you know, it's uh, uh, anything about the band or whatever you want. You know, I it's it's so fun to be here and to be just sort of splitting hairs about these great songs with people who who know and care a lot about it. It's 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 it's, it's frankly kind of moving. And oh, okay. um, no, we're so it, psyched to have you. And it, yeah. it's it's like it, too. it it sort of validates the whole idea of why I wrote the play in the first place is that these were people these weren't just the John Holmstrom cartoons, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. depicted everywhere. These people yeah. had needs and loves and wants. And uh, and if you slow down a little bit and don't just look at the eight or nine minutes they're on screen in rock and roll high school, there's dimensionalized characters here. And sure. I'm, I'm hoping that's what the play will lead us to. And it's what podcasts like this lead us to is going deep on this band that seemed to be all about like surface and fun and goofiness, but had a lot going on underneath it. I, oh, man. So it's, it's, so much it's fun, fun well, to be here. Well, we were, we were really honored that you said yes to coming. Uh, we were also very excited because we're like, there's another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one out there. Totally. Uh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch out there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, strong, but mighty. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, but thank you very much and and everybody uh, no joke follow at Ramones Play LA and look for Four Chords and a Gun in July at the Bootleg Theater we open right? July 6th at the Bootleg Theater that's on, after the 4th uh, of July weekend so what else are you going to do what else are you going to do we tech on July 4th weekend what right. a drag is that yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly am super psyched to come see you yeah, yeah. me too I think you'll take it um, I think we will. Uh, well, thank you everybody for uh, joining us today, and please follow our show on Twitter. We're at Ramones Podcast, and join us next time when we will we will be discussing. Do you remember Rock and Roll Radio? You might have heard of that song too. Familiar on Ramones of the Day. Yeah.